Millions of people across France have taken to the streets. Pension reform is this year's hot-button topic. Unmissable and essential to the protest, women. Retirement reflects one's career. It also reveals a lifetime of inequality. Women's pensions are 40% lower than those of men. How does this happen? For French women, when is the die cast? Je te connais. Salut Jean-François. Bon, on va, on, va, on va boire un coup. Pousse, pousse, pousse. These three grandmothers in Marseille live below the poverty line, like one in ten retirees. En au 1er août 2006, 539 euros par mois, tout compris. Ça te fait combien en tout à toi Ça doit faire dans les 800 euros. Bah, je n'ai 100 euros par mois, j'ai tout à payer, il me reste à la sortie, il me reste, je marquais combien il me reste 400 euros pour vivre. The result of a career with interruptions. I got married and my husband didn't want me to work. Then we had a kid and he wanted me to raise him. And I was keen on that. Plus, I didn't have too many qualifications. I worked in a shoe factory before. When my son got married, my husband told me I'm out because he wanted to live. He wanted to dance. So I went to ask for the minimum government aid available. Can you imagine? I was so ashamed. To get by, 72-year-old Martine still irons at home, despite a respiratory illness. And when that's not enough, her son helps her sometimes, discreetly. He goes to the fridge, he sees there's nothing in there. He goes shopping and he brings the groceries to me. It's embarrassing. It should be the other way around. Martine used to clean in private homes up to six hours a day for decades, work that was undeclared and thus not taken into account for retirement. I didn't give it a thought. When you're 25 or 30, you're not thinking about retirement because we don't know what life is going to throw at us. And then it's here. We were all in the same boat. We worked under the table. Our husbands had jobs. We took care of the children. That was the way it was. Today, more women work declared jobs, but their income and then their pensions are always impacted by time devoted to domestic chores. 80% of part-time jobs are held by women. A typical example, not working on Wednesdays to take care of kids who don't have school that day. That's the case for Alexandra. She's a childcare assistant. Her job is to care for the babies of the hospital staff. 
And when she leaves the nursery, there's no time to waste. She has to rush home. It's the second day of work that starts. Taking care of the children, cleaning, food, laundry, everything that women do on a daily basis. After the birth of her second daughter, Eliana, Alexandra started working part-time. Her husband continued to work full-time. This situation, meant to be temporary, became permanent a few years later when her youngest daughter was diagnosed with a disability. Alexandra was unable to give her daughter the care she needed while working full-time. Women represent the vast majority of family caregivers. It was an obligation, because between child psychiatrists, psychomotor therapists, orthoptists, speech therapists, all these appointments have to be made. If I wasn't working part-time, it would be impossible, because Wednesday is the only time to schedule all the appointments for her. It's jam-packed, and I'm rushing all the time. I have to be very organized. Even with 20 years on the job, Alexandra only earns 1,700 euros a month. The majority of jobs in the service and personal care professions are held by women, and they are not well paid. Alexandra is not expecting much from her retirement. I don't know what I'd actually end up having. I didn't even do the simulation because it's really going to depress me more than anything else. Alexandra does not regret the time spent with her children. Still, she's told her daughters to choose a better-paying job than the one she has. But will little French girls really have a career that's different from those of their mothers and grandmothers? Estelle Moget is a teacher in a poor suburb of Dijon. She tries to expand the field of possibilities for her elementary school students. Celui qui était astronaute Thomas Pesquet, on, vous vous rappelez, on en avait parlé. Eh ben, c'est une femme qui l'a remplacé. En fait, vous vous êtes fait des fausses images sur ce que pouvaient faire donc les hommes et les femmes. On appelle ça des stéréotypes en fait. On se fait des fausses idées. We saw that some students said that careers were for everyone. Girls and boys both had the right to choose. But is that really going to happen in their adult lives? Will that really happen for the girls? There's a difference between theory and practice. 
because saying is not doing. And they will sometimes come up against other obligations such as family, who will take care of the children. In theory, at least, little girls have an asset. In this class, like in the national average, they are better students than the boys. They aim for perfection to satisfy authority figures. We notice in class at this level that the girls are always working to please. They like to work for the teacher, for their mother or father. Contrary to the boys who tend to be more mm, selfish. I say that with quotation marks, but it's that they think less about making me happy. They work for themselves. It's something that we notice daily, and it's a real difference between the girls and boys. This good girl syndrome, though, becomes a hindrance once they enter the job market. At work, those girls, who are now women, still seek the approval of their boss, even if that means putting their financial interests second. Carol, a single mother, has been fighting this good girl syndrome since she joined the bank at 19. On several occasions, she dared to negotiate her salary, but she never pushed for too much, afraid of disappointing. Fear of displeasing, fear of being taken for the troublemaker who demands, who complains and who needs to be in conflict with a boss or of a manager. A few months ago, Carol was about to take a new job after almost 20 years working. She decided to call a salary coach. In Saf El Hassini prepares women to negotiate their pay package. Carol arrived with an idea of her worth that was much less than what she deserved, with her experience, etc., and that's very typical of women. If you remember, uh, using the facts, you helped me to decide on a high pay bracket that even I found to be high. Too high, even. It showed there was a problem. Am I worth it? Am I going to dare to say it? You have to be comfortable with it. And even after saying yes, I had to go and say it and possibly deal with a reaction of a person whose eyes may pop. I think it's necessary that companies decide to pay women instead of allocating massive budgets for internal communication and pinkwashing. Let's just use this budget to reduce salary inequalities. The overall average of the women I coach get a 20% increase in pay, but there are many who make 50 to 60% more. Do you realize how long this means that they've been underpaid? In the end, Carol was hired at a salary 20% more than the one she had initially envisioned. On average, French women earn 16% less than their male counterparts. The hundreds or thousands of euros difference in each pay slip, multiplied over the course of a long career, adds up to a significant difference in pension amounts and puts women at a big financial disadvantage once they retire.